Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. Uh, in the city today, having a nice morning after a lovely Saturday of staying away from COVID. So yeah, been good, been chilling out. Cool. Taking a break from the farm. Yeah, and then, exactly. Uh, and then uh, we are actually joined by a guest. We got Tadas, who is joining us from Lithuania. What's going on, Tadas? Hi. Uh, what's going on, I guess, a lot these past few days, especially with the new cycle that we have right now. Yeah. Um, it's well, a bit tense. Yeah. Well, Tadas is joining us because he is the closest thing we got to boots on the ground. He is... Uh, I wanted to talk about this Ukrainian thing, and I don't know anybody in the Ukraine. John, you know anybody in the Ukraine? Uh, that's a good question. I know Ukrainians, like Ukrainians yeah. here, and sure. there's been stuff here that's been happening, people protesting the embassy, people throwing paint on the Russian embassy in New Zealand, but okay. no, I don't know that's anyone rude. in Ukraine. I know a couple of reality stars reality. in Ukraine from 90 Day Fiance, but that doesn't count. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so yeah, Tadas is in Lithuania, and that and that's close <laughs> enough. Now <laughs> we have, uh, you know, obviously it it goes, but it's closer now in the context of what's happening because Belarus is now involved, and Belarus is the southern border of Lithuania, right, Tadas? Yeah, that's completely true. Now I got I got to ask like, a plenty Go of issues with those guys on the migrant crisis like half a year ago. So, yeah, they're up what to kind some of, shit. What kind of migrant crisis what was that? Um, I don't know how much you know, but uh, like half a year ago. When nothing. A lot, actually. <laughs> there were a lot of migrants coming in from like multiple different countries. Uh, Belarus was basically offering very low, cheap uh, excursions over Belarus. And after they got like those tourists, they dropped them off at Lithuanian border and then just say go. Oh wow! Um, yeah, what? that yeah, yeah, that was like literally half a year ago. Uh, my brother is actually uh, like a co- not a coast guard, but he's guarding the border. Uh, like on the weekends, it's like his second job. So he had to deal with a lot of like uh, migrants coming along, and after they saw that they can't break us. They shifted to Poland uh, with that migrant crisis and and, uh, Poland had it a bit more rough than us, but yeah. So was the intent ever for Belarus to take in these people as immigrants or was the intent always to just fuck with their neighbors? Yeah, I think the intent was to fuck with us just because, uh, okay, Two years ago or like a year ago, I don't quite remember exactly, uh, Belarus had an election, quote-unquote, and they elected their current dictator leader for the, I think, the eighth term, which was what the hell, and the... uh, As you do, as one does. As one does. I mean, Putin's killing killing the elections every time. He, like, wins (laughs) by a landslide. It's been like 20 years, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a I while. I think he's on yeah. his fifth, fourth term with like in the middle between those two two terms. He had like yeah. his right-hand man in the office for one term. Yeah. 
So that's well, kind I mean, of what five a, terms. Yeah, I mean, what a coincidence that that guy just happened to fall into some illegal shit and end up in jail, right? Like running against him. What a lucky break for Putin. Am I right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And poisoned by some random coincidence. It must have been something he ate. It must have been. Yeah, I mean, that's why, hey, so that's before, why you got to, you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to get yeah, some yeah. context from Tana since I would say most people have no idea. Most people who listen to this podcast, they have a general idea of where Lithuania is, but they know nothing about it. Like, it'd be great if you could explain sort of where you are in Lithuania and explain a little bit about how life is there and how it might be, you know, similar or different from the people who normally listen to this. Uh, sure. So, yeah, uh, Lithuania is a country near the Baltic Sea, uh, just up below uh, Latvia and above Poland. Uh, on our border is Belarus as well. So that's kind of the hot zone right now in the news cycle. If you look around, you'll see that. Um, yeah, how's life in Lithuania? I think it's very, very familiar to you guys. Um, we have everything you guys do as well. Maybe on not such a grand scale, but uh, like the internet is great. Um, I don't know. We're making dope games. Uh, it's true. Yep. Yeah, we have lots of shopping centers, and I'm not really sure. Like, I think uh, Lithuania and Konas, and specifically where I'm from, is the uh, European culture capital, which kind of sucks. Right? Yeah, it's like a like, rotational thing, right? Yeah, every every year there's like a different city in Europe, which is like uh, titled the European uh, culture center, uh, and this year was our turn. And we have like a bunch of events going on and, and <clears throat> uh, bringing in a lot of like uh, artists and musicians and uh, actors and plenty of like public events going on. So like uh, the, the city is being decorated, like a lot of museums are open for everybody to visit for free. Um, yeah. And then uh, the shit hit the fan recently. So I don't know how that's going to go on. <laughs> So I've got uh, I've got one food question one for you, question. and then I'll and then we can get into the, the current the current situation over there. Your pink soup. Can you explain this to me, Jason? Jason <laughs> sent me an image of this when he went over there, right? Because he I think he visited you guys over there. Yeah, yeah he did. And uh, he's like, hey, there's this pink soup, and I, I need yeah. some explanation of of why why does this exist, and is it is it is it better than it looks, or are you gonna tell me? Bonnet. No, you're right. It's it's, it's gross. It's, it's not just better than it looks. It's great. It's one of oh, the okay. favorite okay. summer soups. It's mm. kind of a cold soup with beetroot. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with beetroot, but I'm it's very familiar with beetroot being in New Zealand. It's one of the delicacies yeah. here in this country, and I can't stand it. <laughs> <It's rough. Okay. laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you're not gonna like the pink soup, I guess. Yeah, but you, but well, but, but, keep, to... but but sell me on it. Sell me on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm willing so... to try anything. <laughs> All right, so the beetroot isn't like the focal point. It it gives the color to the soup just because the the soup itself is composed not of water but of uh, like milk, but mm. in a, like a different form. I'm not really sure how can I explain this in English. It's a bit more thick milk. It's very creamy, and it's a bit cream? sour. And the sour cream? it's but it's not sweet. It's not. Uh, it's not fatty. It's just creamy. 
it's yeah. a bit i don't know it's like a bit acidic it's a bit uh creamy it's beet, it's beet milk we'll call it beet milk yeah i can call it that yeah but like you ha- add the beetroots to that uh milk type of consistency you add some uh green cucumbers and some boiled eggs and you're gonna have yourself a good time especially if you have some like boiled or fried potatoes next to it like the soup itself is cold and served cold but if you have like freshly boiled potatoes or like even fried potatoes some people add it to the soup and eat it together some people just uh, add it as a side whichever you way, way you go i think it's uh it's great yeah some yeah. dill helps uh, as well i i got it oh my god in a world where some dill helps that's uh that's that's concerning <laughs> well, well if that's i ever like, make it to lithuania like i'll the, give it a try yeah. but yeah oh, you gotta try images yeah. now and it, it's it's quite vibrant pink yeah Look, it my is. my thoughts when i had uh when i had it was this it, i had it and i was like this is good but why is there so much of it that was really my first thought of it um because uh ludus Tadis's boss told me i had to try it and you had to try it at this place in vilnius which i did and yeah. it was again fine but it was just like cool i could have used about a quarter of this also i didn't need that boiled egg in there uh, that was like a surprise that i wasn't expecting <laughs> and didn't didn't really need the the other so the question i have i got two one is pepto-bismol a thing in lithuania um no, it okay. is not. I know what it is, yeah, but okay. I have never seen it on any shelf or any sold anywhere. Yeah, it's probably because pink soup is a delicacy because you wouldn't want to sell something that looks like that as a, you know, as a digestive relief product. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you're getting a bowl of that with dill and an egg in it. That's what it looks like. It's that color. And then two, with all these foods boiled, and that's kind of a thing in, I guess, in that kind of Eastern Northern Europe, Europe, right? It's always a big part of it. Boiled potatoes, boiled meats, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on sous vide? Sous vide. Oh, um, that's uh, an experience that I just hadn't had the pleasure to have at the moment. Um. it's kind of the same thing, except you're putting the, the stuff in a bag before yeah, you throw okay. it in the I'm, boiling I'm, water. I forgot. I had it once in my life, and I thought that was disgusting. Um, oh, okay. We, wow. I had like an internship in Finland for like six months, uh, yeah. and they have sous vide elk meat or like Ooh. reindeer meat, um, and that was Jesus. basically just eating raw meat that's a bit brown. Like that was the taste for me, so um, okay. I wouldn't blame wasn't fan. It, I wouldn't blame an entire process of cooking things on <laughs> one bad experience of eating reindeer meat. That's that's true. <laughs> Let me ask you this then: that's, How many pink soups have you eaten? One, after? but but it was apparently the best one. So, oh. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tell you the place he he told me to go because yep. I I'm assuming you probably had it as well. So let me see. It was a very nice place. I I really liked Vilnius as a city. It was uh, it was very nice, uh, and I thought Kaunas uh, was very nice too. And I was uh, okay. So it's at was this it the the pub Lekai? Pub 
Lesai, yeah, Pub Lesai, this is it. Lesai, 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 L E I C with a thing on it, I A I. That was the uh, that was the place. Had a nice oh, okay. seat outside, and he oh. said, "This is this is the place. This is where you got to get that pink soup." And it, it was it lived up to its definition of being pink and being <laughs> it soup. Was pink and it was soup. <laughs> I like how you're like, "Oh, it's so good," and on a summer day, it's cold. It's like, "Oh, now I'm drinking cold soup." This is like all the all the adjectives that would make me not want to eat a thing. <laughs> it's yeah, like, um, yeah, this place. They also is- don't do. Uh, this place yeah. is good. What do you think? I haven't heard about much of this place, but it has a good rating. All right. So I well, guess when I go it back, is, I, I'm not much of a Vilnius uh, visitor right. that often, at least the past two years. So uh-huh. you don't say. What happened the last two years? Uh, <laughs> 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 well, next time, uh, next time I'm there, you could say, "Hey, you got to go to this place and get the and get the pink soup here, and uh, I'll give it a sh- I'll give it another shot." Like I said, didn't hate it; just thought there was too much of it. You know, yeah, it's one yeah, of these yeah. uh, things well, you just got to have in moderation. Well. Um, before we get into the serious stuff, I got I got some quick follow ups from last week. At the end of last week's episode, we kind of had a cliffhanger, right, John? So. I don't remember. Um, I was talking about, <laughs> sure. great. I was I was talking about Horizon Forbidden West, and then I just uh, got yeah. like completely sidetracked because some random dude decided to send me uh, three hundred dollars on uh, Venmo. That's right. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, because I'm uh, recording here, it wasn't some sort of crazy thing where some guy came to exact his revenge and start some sort of weird chain of events that a horror movie would start with. Nope. It was simply a mistake. Guy meant to send it to somebody with my exact name, spelt J A Y S O N instead of J A S O N. I don't know who I should be more annoyed with, um, but I am annoyed that anybody named Jason would spell their name like that. That's upsetting. And the guy, and I did send the money back to uh, to this other guy, and he was very grateful. He said, "Quote." You are my Huron. I think he meant to say hero, but he wrote Huron, H-E-R-O-N. Not all people are the best. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Thank you again. There's no periods. There's no commas, but that's exactly what he wrote. <laughs> all right. Nice. There you go. Yep. So, so, that's been, uh, so that's been resolved. Everybody's okay, and I do not have a free $300, which is, I guess, the only downside to that story. So in case you were concerned, don't worry. Everything is fine. Last follow-up is from Greg, who shot us a message to tell us that Haim is a great band, fantastic musicians. There you go. You, uh, yeah, you talked about that girl from Haim who's in Licorice yep. Pizza. Yes. Well, apparently Haim's a good band. There you go. So, there you go. There's the two follow-ups. That's it. So let's get into this. No no let's stories, see. no, no silliness. I don't have it. We'll get into a little bit about later with some media therapy, but for now, we got to talk about what in the hell is happening in Europe. So, Tadis, are you still addicted to the news over there and watching it twenty four seven like I am? Um, absolutely, yes. All of the news outlets are open in different tabs. The subreddits, I'm not following the TikTok, uh, but my brother is. So there's like plenty of stuff coming in. Um, on recent news, which I had like two hours ago, I think they are having their internet providers 
captured or destroyed. Not sure which one is, but uh, the news are coming a bit uh, short these past few hours, but still plenty in all shapes and forms. Ah, interesting. So, so what? So what's the general vibe over there? Um, it's scary, dude. I mean, it's like really scary. We're really close. We had like a similar situation um, after the Second World War. Uh, Russia decided to take us and like our other nations close to us as their like pact of Soviet Union, I don't know, band. Um, so we stayed there until like 1990 when the Soviet Russia Federation collapsed and then we declared, had the ability to declare our independence. Shortly after uh, we joined, I think, NATO first and European Union second. So that was in the span of, I don't know, 14 years. So we're kind of scared that it's the history is repeating itself. And, and uh, I don't, personally, I don't think that Russia would stop after this. I think they would like to have more territory, especially the post-Soviet, like the levers of Soviet Russia. I think that was one of the messages that uh, Vladimir Putin has put out, that he wants to bring back the power of Soviet Russia. So so that's a bit nerve-wracking. And I think the other tense thing is that the, the capability that Russia has. Um, of course, we're part of NATO, and uh, we would receive support if that would come to pass. But... Uh, the nuclear war, I don't think that's an, something that any side wants, but uh, currently uh, President Putin doesn't seem to be in a very stable point of his life. So yeah. it's a bit scary to... And unex, that might come as an unexpected thing anyway. So so I think, like, I talked with several, several colleagues of mine, I think Friday and Thursday when the main bulk of news and the main attack began that was the days when basically all of us were just watching the news closely and seeing what's what the hell is going on here and yeah i i haven't been able to get away from all of the news cycles since monday because the things were ramping up i think there were talks about the attack being on the 20th but the attack actually came on the 24th so not a far off guess it appears well because there was talks about during the olympics like i would say from an international perspective of you know the olympics being in china being in beijing and sort of this discussion around them putting troops along the border of ukraine and when this was going to happen it seemed like it was inevitable but it did seem like there's quite a bit of timing and planning based around events were you guys having similar thoughts of this could happen at any moment but obviously there's there's things at play that might make it be delayed before they go into ukraine um i'm not sure like what was the expectation of all of us i'm i was expecting that this whole situation was just basically uh twofold first of all i think uh, i thought at least that russia was just testing the nato resolve and what basically just testing how uh, ready or 
prepared would we be as like NATO or European Union in this sort of situation after basically there was a lot of NATO meetings and discussions and European summits and everything in terms of that. Uh, it appeared that there was a, like a lot of uh, resources that's being wasted just on this situation. And it seemed like that Putin was um, basically getting off on the idea that he's not getting any sanctions because he hasn't started any military event. Uh, but he's causing a lot of chaos and, and uh, disarray in, in the West. So I thought that was his main goal, just to see how stable or, or ready or, uh, I don't know, at least so chaos, because a lot of different countries started arguing about what should be the best approach to this situation. Hmm. So I thought that he would prolong that as long as he could. Um, but then he attacked, which was... Um, I don't know if I can't say it was unexpected, but it was uh, with the sanctions uh, packages that were planned. I didn't think that this would be smart. I have no idea why he decided to go that route because I think he's basically the whole country is being isolated from like any international stage or any uh, support from other countries at this moment. So. It's interesting is that even even countries like China, who would normally the way they have territories like Taiwan, and or I should not say the way they have it, but the way that they look towards territories like China, like Taiwan and Hong Kong, you would think that they would kind of have Russians back, Russia's back on this one. But even they, it seemed to be, you know, being like, hey, uh, no, we're yeah. not we're not behind this at all. And yeah. it's a global thing where everybody's looking down on it. But I've never seen it, it's really hard to fathom a scenario here where even though they're not part of Ukraine, even though they're not uh, part of the U, uh, the NATO, they it's such a global condemnation about what Russia's doing that to just sit back idly and proceed with sanctions and not actually help people who are literally dying and fighting for their yeah. lives. It's, it, it, I, I'm not one for, you know, starting wars and, you know, the whole thing with Iraq. I mean, being a, an American and knowing our history there, but this is one of those things where, no, 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 I think, I think you have support of literally everybody in this case. It doesn't seem like a trivial matter to be like, Hey, this seems like an unprovoked attack under false pretenses. There's not Nazis. And um, I mean, there's Nazis everywhere. Let's be real, but that's not run by a Nazi government. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is, this is complete bullshit. Like show us, show us the concentration camps. Is that there? Is it? Is it anything like what China's doing? No. All right. So then let's uh, let's help these people out. Yeah, it's kind of where, I think, where my head's at. What's the sentiment over there? Um, I think it's a bit more complicated than that. Uh, I would agree that some well, sure like, it is. <laughs> military. <laughs> I yeah. So. I would I would say that there are a lot of ways that we can help. Uh, I'm not sure if being like boots on the ground or sending direct. Uh, military support uh, is the case just because what uh, what Putin said it was basically don't you dare to intervene or you would like see you would have consequences that the history hasn't seen before basically alluding to the nuclear war of some sort and that is a scary thought 
and also as part of NATO, uh, which Ukraine unfortunately is not a part of, we're just right. unable. That's kind of the, uh, I think, the consensus of, of NATO that you don't uh, instigate the attack. The NATO uh, Union was basically formed for protection. Uh, so the other NATO members probably would remove a country from the NATO membership if they would preemptively start a military conflict. Um, so there are a lot of different things at play currently. Um, that's not to say that uh, there would be great help to support Ukraine, but I, as much of news as I've seen, I think they're doing an amazing job with their courage uh, and their resolve to protect their own land. And uh, as I've seen like a few videos where uh, Russian uh, soldiers were captured and like not inter interrogated, but were questioned. Um, they're just young guys. They're like 21, 20, and they yep. don't know yeah. what's going on. They were just put on a car, gave, somebody gave them a gun and in the morning they're on, on a different country and ordered to attack basically. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah. You you said something interesting before where you said you don't think that this is it. Obviously we're we're all hoping that this can be de-escalated. But in, mm -hmm. in your, you know, being over there, where do you think like where do you think this can escalate to as far as looking at the map of who's in NATO and who's not? It's a it's a crude way to look at this, but countries like Finland, yeah. countries like Moldova, um, there's countries who are sort of in very similar situations where Ukraine might be. Is that generally the thought or like explain that a little bit, I guess? Yeah, I guess that's kind of uh, correct. Uh, Moldova was part of Soviet Union. So if if Ukraine falls, I we assume that it's going to be the next target. Uh, Georgia, I've, I'm not really sure about Georgia. I think it's still a sovereign country, but it was invaded by Russia in 2008 uh, on an extremely similar pretext. Basically, they declared two of their regions as independent and then sent troops to "Quote unquote peacekeep the situation." Yeah, but still, it was similar to a. Um, God damn, I just blanked on the name. The Belarus. It's, it, Georgia is like a Belarus situation, right? Um, Belarus is a bit different. I think the Belarusian state is basically just a puppet state of Russia. Um, the okay. the president, uh, I forgot his name, Lukashenko, yeah. is uh, is 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 in in the office for eight years. That's basically longer than the amount of time that the Soviet Union was uh, dissolved. Hmm. So I think he, is, he just stayed there as a puppet and obviously is being controlled by, by Kremlin, by Russian government at this point. At least uh, all of the protests didn't help and, and the military is somehow behind them. And when those protests happened, Russia did send troops to aid the handling of the protest because it was getting like out of hand in terms of like regime change. Right. Question about, because um, I think it was you or someone else over there at uh, Sneaky Box who was telling me about that there are like pro-Russian people in Lithuania. So I I'm actually oh. curious, like I I'm someone who 
always, and you know, John will talk, we always have these conversations here and I tend to, you know, take more of a very much center look at things. And He's a like, hardcore ab, Republican. Ab, he voted for Trump and he won't tell anybody. That's true. So <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I, yeah, and I, I'm obsessed with Joe Rogan. That's great. Um, I'm yep. just, I'm just crushing <laughs> all of the, all the meds that they're selling me. And Alex Jones, I'm hopped up on that stuff. Um, that's why I'm ripped and super healthy and really tall, by the way. So in, uh, <laughs> but, but it sounds like there is that smattering. Like you can't. The breakup of Soviet Union is so recent history. That there yeah. has to be those smatterings of pro-Russia. And then even if it's just like bad faith Russian actors in these territories. So what I'm curious to know, what is the pro-Russian messaging in Lithuania? And if it's even at all prolific, if French. Um, yeah, um, we had been observing this situation for a while now. Like not we as a country, but uh, some people uh basically some not i can't say influences basically he's like a, a youtuber who has been previously like a um uh a newscaster and and uh, basically was gathering news after that he joined as a consultant or or yeah i i'm i'm a bit lost for words in in terms of english but he was basically a, a consultant for one very uh, leading politician at one point. And after mm-hmm. uh, his term ended, he basically started up a YouTube channel and started investigating, like did a lot of investigative journalism. Uh, that was the term. He was an investigative journalist. Yeah. Uh, he started to do like a lot of investigative journalism about like, Russian propaganda on Lithuanian soil and that was in terms of like bad actors that's most likely without proof but most likely uh, paid by Russian state to run those campaigns and why we think that they are paid by Russia just because like there are different channels with different uh, amounts of community that are spreading like very similar messages in terms of like uh, uh, being pro-Russian and being pro-Soviet Union and stuff like that. So the latest, as I've gathered, is basically just uh, be scared of Russia. You have just woken up the sleeping bear and now you will feel his wrath. And that's basically, that was the messages that all of these like minor YouTubers or uh, dying celebrities uh, are pushing. Uh, and that's the Lit- pro-Russia message? Are they... Uh, yeah, basically they want to play down Ukraine as a country. Basically, who is Ukraine? Why do we care? Oh. And in terms of that, and like, as a NATO, you have angered the bear and now it's woken up and you will feel his wrath and be scared and and uh, apologize, basically. And, and yeah, I think that's kind of the messaging that's going around. But uh, I think we can see through the bullshit quite easily. Um, not gonna lie, of course, we have those radicalized people here as well. I think as other country, any other country currently. Yeah, with our, the our social media. Watched, are you are you familiar with uh, Tucker Carlson? Uh, I have heard of him. I have seen some of his uh, rhetoric. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a bit crazy, but yeah. Because apparently uh, he's he's currently parroting a bunch of uh, 
you know, Russian talk. And he's, it's funny because he's like, he, he's been talking about all of this stuff from a more of a pro Russian angle. And he's the, it's not funny. It's sad because he's the top watched news anchor in that time slot. News is a strong word. Yeah. At that point, it's just that infotainment section. He used to compete with uh, Chris Cuomo. Rest in peace. He's not dead, but he's off the air for a little while. His, his career is dead <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I mean, look. A lot of that is just how interesting. Like I would say, from a very American perspective, right? Like it's still, and at least for me and Jason, being children of the '80s is cold war right of like mm-hmm. that's always the thing of what's going to happen is if russia and the u.s get into this it's pretty much you know nuclear winter for the next 50 years yeah and yeah. i'm not in you sort of said you know that's sort of the the nato pool and lithuania is in nato is that sort of the the general bigger scale feel fear other than sort of russia like you said sort of you know marching its way into all of these other places do you think it's still of just hey at some point if this continues nato will have to get involved and that's going to be bad news for everybody yeah i think i think that's kind of the biggest fear um some people are definitely and don't get me wrong i kind of agree with them but some people are definitely want to get nato involved preemptively uh just because that would uh hopefully uh, strike russia quickly and and precisely uh so that the nuclear war wouldn't happen but i'm not really sure and i think that is kind of quick how can tables change very quickly um and and the nuclear winter could really start Hmm. so yeah, um, I think that's kind of the fear right now, not to escalate, not to anger Russia more. Uh, that's a bit sad. That means basically we're not doing anything and letting a lot of Ukrainians die uh, yeah. just because of the fear that it could escalate into the Third World War. But hmm. um, in my opinion, no. I think it started and currently there doesn't seem to be a way back um what i heard like there was uh, a lot of conflicts with russia in the cold war uh where they did contest like uh, different territories but it didn't it never came to like a nuclear war type of scenario so possibly that's kind of the thing that's everybody's fearing both sides russia included and they don't want to do that, but with the current state of the Russian president, I don't think that's off the table at this stage. And I think the West is hearing what he says and adequately preparing for that. The The difference here, though, and this is why I don't necessarily subscribe to the, the World War Three thing that I think a lot of doomsayers are, but I'm also an optimistic person by nature even though this is a very dark time and it's tough to be optimistic. So uh, as I was saying before, Russia's alone. They don't have any support. Who are they going to possibly recruit that would help their cause to expand this thing to be more of a, like like World War II and World War I were based on two alliances, you know, going head to head on a global mm-hmm. scale. And on this case, Russia's alone. Like the only reason we're not helping the Ukraine is because they're not part mm. of the larger NATO alliance. But the larger NATO alliance is so big that the moment they cross that line, it's over. And he knows that. And Russian 
And the state of Russia is not really in great shape. And even now that they're sanctioned, it's going to be even worse. So what are they going to do? Tap into someone like North Korea as their only alliance member and be like, cool, North Korea, what do you guys got? All right, have so- they blow up South Korea. They got their thing. Now what? All right, we blow up North Korea. It's over. That's a, that's well, a wrap I, on well, that. Jason, I know even that the you Russian people you're China, seeing. Yeah, and I was going to say, I know that you said China has sort of said that, hey, they're not for this, but they haven't been very loudly vocal of this because not, they, they do they have yeah. they've been like a lot of ambiguous they ha- aren't uh against this but they are, aren't like they aren't for this but they aren't against this so they're mm. just trying to de-escalate uh they're as, trying to have their cake and eat it too they exactly yeah, yeah they want to continue uh partnership with russia at least in some way shape or form but uh, I don't think they agree with like this kind of military action or hmm. at least this scale because um, it just doesn't like benefit China. I think China yeah. is quite pragmatic. They're they're more of businessmen, uh, so it seems. So with the amount of sanctions that uh, Russia received, I think they're they may be evaluating really closely. Is it like the cost uh, benefit? Yep. Yeah, China, China's yeah. also fine with status quo. Like that's the other thing, right? Yeah. China's China's fine. They yeah, don't need status quo benefiting them greatly. It's building exactly. a brand new. It's pushing them out of an industrial age into similar to where America was in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. Yeah, so. Germany wasn't motivated at the beginning of World War II because everything was great. No, they were completely fucked over. Mm-hmm. And then this guy came in and had some crazy so, ass angle to get them to rally and start taking over. <laughs> so it shit got real weird real fast. Uh, but if, but for someone like Russia, it's like, yeah, they're, they're kind of sucking economically, which I, if I was living in Russia, I mean, that's the, that's why I asked about how pro Russia spin is perceived or how it looks because. Yeah. From the outside looking at Russia, it does not look like anything is good. And if you were actually living in Russia, you would be pissed by the state of how things are. So now your country is in bad shape. Your economy sucks. Your your dollar is bad. And now all of a sudden, Putin is like, oh, by the way, we're going to wage war on these neighbors who didn't do anything because I said they're, they're Nazis over there. And if I was... You know, I think back to, you know, probably like Vietnam times in in the U.S. It's something like that. Like, why are we fighting this frivolous war? Because guess what? Those guys are fighting back. And this is the last point I'll make about the optimism here is they're not. It doesn't seem like they're doing such a bad job fighting back. Like Ukraine seems to be handling this a lot better than anybody would have forecasted they would. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you touched up on a few few key points. Uh, going back from those points. So yeah, Ukraine is definitely standing strong. I think they're, as I mentioned, the Russian soldiers are very young and unexperienced. And I think they were drafted very recently. While Ukraine uh, was basically at war with Russia for like eight years since they took Crimea and they took those two regions, uh, Luhansk and Donetsk. So they basically have been trying to fight back and take back those regions um, and they kind of like war uh, hardened at this moment they have like a lot of resolve that they do want to protect their country and to to be considered as independent without like anybody saying otherwise 
Um, yeah, in terms of Russia being isolated, it's kind of true, kind of not. Uh, why it's not is twofold, I guess. Also, Russia is the largest country by land mass, by any size, by any means. So they do have like a lot of uh, people to draft and still have still have a lot of resources, even though it's on the like the global scale, it might not seem too much. And also they do have a couple of uh, countries that are aiding them, uh, which are mainly the ex-Soviet countries, uh, like Belarus for one, I think uh, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan. And recently I've seen like a lot of movement from um, Chechnyan soldiers. I think Chechnya mm. it was a country and I think they were merged into current Russia still. So, so they have kind of, they do have a lot of resources, but I think the, uh, the state media and like the, the narrative that Russia is pushing is, as you mentioned, uh, basically they're trying to appear larger than they actually are and scarier than they actually are in some cases. Um, just because they are actually like, I think I talked with Ludas about this whole situation and he mentioned an interesting thing that I, I think that's true that <clears throat> the largest wars start, uh, when the shift of power changes and basically Moscow has been basically, uh, declining in long, in a long time. Uh, they are not very, uh, looked well at a global stage. So I think they're feeling, and also like the NATO, uh, is expanding closer and closer to, to Russia. So they're feeling like being pushed into a corner. And that's the moment they decided to, uh, show their fangs in, in a sense. It just seems wildly counterproductive. Hey, stop expanding NATO. Seriously, we mean it. Don't expand the thing that's meant to keep us in check or we're going to attack this nation that unprompted. No, really, we mean it. Don't expand the thing that's supposed to <laughs> keep us from invading other countries or we're going to invade this other country. It's like, does it, don't they understand that that's how this would escalate that desire? It's wildly counterintuitive. Yeah. It's very problematic. You're, I mean, we, you said before, and I saw some other people talking about this online, because I've also been keeping up with the, with the social medias and whatnot of what's going on and just like lashing onto all this. And I do have one story that I'll get into because it's really cool. I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but I want to believe it. Um, but it, the whole thing just doesn't make any logical sense. And you said that there's something about the decline of Putin, and maybe that is because now the fact that Ukraine is putting up a fight and it hasn't just been walk in, take over and then leave. It wasn't like Crimea where that seemed to be done relatively quickly because it's like, mm -hmm. okay, fine. Those guys want to be part of you, uh, Russia. Cool. Fine. Whatever. This is not that at all. And it may in fact be Putin's miscalculation, like one of his first well, major miscalculations. Well, look, and I'm also going to say quickly that, like, they, they are they're making heroes and and martyrs out of people who will who will keep the Ukrainians fighting for a long time. Like, I don't think this yeah. is you roll in there and you just you you know you put a flag on Kiev and say that you're done. 
Like you, no. you're going to build guerrilla armies. Like you said, it's very similar to Vietnam with the U.S., where it's like, great, we go in there and we hold the city, but then you're, you know, roaming through through you know backwoods and things as groups and you know new leadership build. So yeah, like it's it's one of those things where if this ends up taking a very long time, you're going to completely lose faith in your people if they're starving and they're having issues as well. So it's a look I, I don't think I think uh Tata sort of said this isn't necessarily a real rational thing. It seems like it's yeah. it's a declining leader who's making a decision based on emotions and trying to go back to the way things were, which is kind of why, you know, long term this this might this isn't going to work out well for Russia, but but can it cause enough disruption in the short term to make all of our lives and the lives of people in Europe very awful? Yeah, and I'm really, I don't think, uh, I don't really want to downplay uh, the Vladimir Putin, President Vladimir Putin. I think he is, he was a smart guy because there were uh, basically signs, and I think he mentioned on some uh news articles or, or like in conferences that this is his plan. Basically he wants to get Russia back to the glory days. Yeah. And he was so that in a speech in twenty fourteen or two thousand yeah. I think. And that's in twenty fourteen I think that was the time when uh those two regions were uh basically taken over like by a, a militia, a local militia that was supported by Russia. And I think they were preparing for that scenario. I recently also watched like a, a video why Putin would want to have that reason. So basically, as Russia is uh, the main uh, source of their eco- economy is energy exports, so natural gas and, and oil, uh, they had to like build pipes in Soviet Russia to support like uh, Europe. And uh, as the Soviet Russia has split up, uh, some of the countries that had those pipes started requesting like payment to to be like a transitionary state for that uh, oil and gas. So Ukraine was one of those regions. Um, and they started to build more pipes, but Ukraine actually found like a bunch of oil and gas on their land. Part of it mm, is on... Uh, part of it is on... Uh, Crimea, and the other part is on uh, those uh, Luhansk and Donetsk regions. So, surprise, surprise, why those regions were basic, basically targets number one. So, and if 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 uh, Ukraine decides gets enough investment and has enough time to to develop those resources, they would be actually uh, the number one exporter, just because it, how much of a pain it is to deal with Russia. So I think they have found this as like a a large threat that they must uh, neutralize. And that's, again, my assumption. And that's in a video I just saw recently, but hey, it kind of checks out. So I have have one more question. And then I guess if John has anything, we can do that um there is a territory of land between lithuania and poland that on was the my water, question on the, the same Baltic question sea. i did <laughs> yeah because we found we discovered this once on a podcast be like what is that and i'm like okay so that is part of russia technically right true Thomas, what is yes. that area called and what is the deal with it um that's kind of a f- confusing thing for me i don't really know what it is 
it's like a remnant <laughs> of the uh, of the Soviet Union again. Uh, it is Russia. It's uh, called Kaliningrad. There's also like yeah, I think that's just part of Russia, and they may use it for I don't know trade because it is a coastal city, uh, and they may use it for military purposes. Um, when I was visiting like uh, Nida, which is like if you would open Google Maps and you would uh, look up Lithuania, you would mm-hmm. s- on the west side you would see a thin stretch of land in yeah. between like the uh, the sea, and it's yeah, connected like a... to that uh, that part of Russia. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so basically, we visited that uh, this summer. And basically, it's it's a very nice view. It's a very pleasant uh, nature it's like site. A beach town. It's like a beach yeah, town. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, but uh, when you climb up, like on a high point, uh, there are a lot of signs that uh, this is a minefield and do not oh, dare shit. To, to cross like into the Russian territories without like any uh, notice or something like that. So, so yeah. Um, it is a kind of a dangerous area, but I think uh, uh, um, an anecdote would be basically a lot of uh, underground cigarette uh, selling, uh, and mm. where do they get those cigarettes? Is from that region basically, because uh, Europeans have like a lot of tariffs on the tobacco industry, and uh, Russia does not. So tell, tell them how tell them how much uh, a pack of cigarettes costs in uh, New Zealand, John. It is about thirty dollars New Zealand, which is probably about what maybe twenty euros, right? Yeah, it'd be about Holy that. Uh-huh. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it's super. So we're trying to be smoke free in New Zealand by twenty twenty five, and so they just keep raising the price. <laughs> so it's, when I first when got I here, I think it was maybe eighteen twenty dollars New Zealand for a pack of cigarettes, and now it's about thirty. Jeez. Okay, that's a lot. It's yeah. So a, if you smoke, don't come than, to New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you do have like vaping and and uh, lots of lots of strawberry flavored vape clouds. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the substitute we have here as well. Yeah, it's taking the world by storm. Well. John, anything, anything you want to ask Todd? No, I about? think that's it. Um, I think for us as, I would say, the Western world as in Americans and Australians and people in the UK is watching what happens. Again, I think we are all collectively rooting for Ukraine, although yeah. it does kind of feel like we're sending thoughts and prayers without much help is what it feels like. Um, so we're, we're hoping this can be de-escalated through discussions of but again it seems like again I'm, I'm watching cnn and it's just watching rockets hit you know residential apartments and it's not great so yeah it's pretty sad but i'm hoping at least the ukrainians can hold on until you know cooler heads can have an actual discussion about what the hell he wants so yeah 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 absolutely well fingers crossed Jason. Jason, you wanted to mention uh, a legend of this uh, combat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So let's talk. Uh, so let's let's go through this quick story here from the New York Post. I think the authority on Ukrainian news. Uh, so <laughs> again, I like them for their brevity, and I'm sure Tadas, you've read about this guy. But let's get into it. Who is the ghost of Kiev? Story of Ukrainian ace pilot goes viral. 
Unconfirmed reports of an ace Ukrainian fighter pilot have gone viral with social media users dubbing the fighter the ghost of Kiev. Supposedly downing as many as six Russian planes in the first day of combat, the ghost of Kiev and their MiG-29 fulcrum quickly became a folk hero in a war breathlessly watched online. The reports remain unconfirmed by Ukrainian officials, and the rumor is very likely false. Boo, boo, New York Post, boo. The war, the war remains rife with misinformation and propaganda, and a video purportedly purporting to the evidence of the ghost turned out to instead be from a video game. Not the first time I've seen reports, by the way, of video game footage being used as actual game footage. Apparently, Arma 3. Wow. Being used for that? Yeah. According yeah. to one wide, widely circulated post, the Ghost of Kiev supposedly shot down four Russian fighter jets, two Su 35 flankers, one Su 27 flanker, and one MiG 29 fulcrum, as well as two ground attack aircraft, so called Su 25 fog Fogfoots. Frogfoots. Jesus, can't speak. As one Twitter user pointed out, such a kill count would stretch the ammunition capacity of the Soviet era MiG 29. Regardless, the ghost of Kiev seems to have fulfilled the need. Many on social media argue the legend of an ace fighter pilot holding off the Russian advance was useful in its own right. Quote, true or not, this is exactly the kind of inspiring story the resistance needs right now. And quote, one user said, Ukrainian officials said Thursday their forces had downed seven Russian planes in total, along with six Russian helicopters. So, yeah, ghost of Kiev. Real, yeah. not real. I don't know. Apparently, a source called Marka that I've never heard of before, Marka.com, says former Ukraine president confirms the ghost of Kiev is real. I don't need to read the rest of the article. I'll just assume that it is. Yeah. Um, as like in, in X-Files, I want to believe and there I believe. Uh, cool. But as, as, yeah, as the article mentioned, it is unconfirmed. So it's basically just folklore at this moment. Um, I talked with my brother about it just today, and he read somewhere that the ghost of Kiev was shot down, actually, uh, in, in the last day. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it was ever true, uh, but I want to believe. Uh, that sounds awesome. I think the, uh, the, a any, any motivation or any, like, morale boost that Ukrainians can get, even true or false, I think it's, uh, it's necessary at this difficult time. Can't shoot down a fictional this, pilot. Yeah, just I'm saying. trying to find this video game footage because I think that's obviously as we all work in creative industries here on this call. Um, yeah. I, I'm not surprised at all that there's not more visual effects and video game footage you use for war propaganda at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure I've worked on a movie where people probably thought things were real that totally aren't, like The Rock. <laughs> like Dwayne yeah. Johnson. Exactly, yeah. that's not, true. He's not yeah. in the final yeah, yeah, yeah. rampage. He's just, you know, again, there's a lot of computer graphics that go into making films and video games that, yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that there's not more just, you know, propaganda that's just made through people who make movies and games. Yeah. Yeah, and Tadas, you may not know this, but uh, John John was the um, lead visual effects artist on uh, Rampage, which, um, you know, little did you know, the actual computer animated character in that movie was The Rock. The not giant the gorilla, that was, that was, <laughs> the ape was real. The Rock, not real. Not a real person. We, we drop hard truths. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. These are hard truths, but that's, you know, <laughs> it's just how it goes. Yeah. So. Have you heard about the story of 
the the Snake Island that was taken over. And there's actual footage of that, which was crazy and scary, but it is yeah. real. That was a little nuts. Go on and, and say what that is, and then uh, and then we'll get into some media therapy here and get John out on his uh, his little vacation, yeah. his little weekend getaway. So basically, uh, somewhere in Ukraine in the south, there's like a small island which is called Snake Island. I don't know if that's the same Snake Island that was basically a lot of snakes live live on, uh, but uh, a small island basically just for I don't know minor things, and there were. 13 soldiers stationed on that and uh, a large warship uh, came close to that island, basically started uh, broadcasting through their, uh, I don't know, speakers to surrender, put down arms, uh, or will they will shoot. And the most beautiful response from that island was, warship, fuck off. And they were blasted into smithereens, rest in peace. Um, there are videos of that from different types of angles, um, but that's crazy. That's that's like bravery, and that's probably encapsulates uh, what's what the Ukrainians are trying to do. Basically, you get out, or we'll die trying to get you out of our land, and whatever it takes, uh, we will. I don't know, try or die, like fight or die trying at least. So. Yeah, that's well, off to them. John, you're gonna say something? No, that's it. No, that's all I've. That's all I've got. I mean, you're gonna build. Uh, there's there's something about a war when the other side really oh, needs shit. to win, right? Like it's just it's just kind of how it works. Like like uh, Tadas was saying, you've got a lot of Russian soldiers who are just given guns, and they're young they're young men who you send into a new country, and the other side is fighting for their existence. Yeah. Um, one's got pretty high motivation to keep fighting in the other eventually, you know, like that's, it's, I mean, like he's, the Vietnam comparisons are very similar. I, that's a totally different situation, but it's very similar to a bunch of Americans being in a country. They go, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> and eventually yeah. that, that will start to fade. So I don't see the Ukrainians giving up at all. Um, I mean, the, their own president is basically like, you know, come get some. <laughs> yeah, 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 sitting at the capital, yeah. like I'll be here waiting for you. Which is like, man, like you're you're building heroes and martyrs over there. So yeah, yeah. Not yeah. much else there's, to say at that point. There's one more story. I don't know if you guys guys heard about this like old lady in Ukraine, which stood up to the soldiers. Is this like Some the, of the first bloody face? Of... No. It's no, I've, I've heard this. She's she's like, yeah, she's uh, she's, she's maybe an old woman she, who's in her sixties, and she just walks up to a soldier and starts having a discussion with him. I've seen that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and I believe the quote of what she told the soldier was, "You know, you should put seeds in your pockets, so that way flowers grow when we bury you in our soil." Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's the most gangster thing that I have seen. Like, hey, put these sunflower seeds in your pockets so when you die and we bury you, flowers would sprout. Oh my God. Chill, woman. Oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, that was, that's dope. That's, that's, uh, that's badassery right there. Yeah. Yep. That's amazing. And she also said, from this quote, from this moment, from this moment, you are cursed. I'm telling you. (laughs) And honestly, I don't think there's anything more terrifying than an old woman telling you you're cursed. Oh, my God. I had that. (laughs) That's some witch shit. Oh, really? I I did have that experience. And I might believe that I'm cursed. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, why? What prompted an old lady to tell you your curse? Okay, story time. Very. I'll try yeah. to keep it short. It That's was, fine. Go on. <laughs> it was the New Year's evening of I think it was it uh, 2016 or 2015 or something in terms of that. Uh, me and my friends were out in the city just wanting to see some fireworks. Uh, we had some time before the fireworks show, so we decided to get uh, into like Lithuanian McDonald's, Hesburger, uh, to get some burgers, to get some food. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we got out, uh, I decided to smoke. Uh, I was smoking at that time, so I sat, sat down on the bench an old lady came next to me. She asked for a lighter. I gave it to her. Uh, she said she was uh, like, um, what was that word? Basically, that the, those people that scam you out of money while trying to connect you with the dead. And she said, oh, okay. Like, yeah, a I, like a yeah, medium? Yeah, like a medium. Basically, she said, look, I'm a medium. And it's uh, I can predict your future if you want uh, for free. Just because. Oh, that's uh, nice. That's nice of her. Yeah, that's nice of her. So yeah. I said, hey, it's New Year's, like crazier things happened before. Let's see where this goes. I sat mm-hmm. down and then she had like a ring, which was in, I don't know, those different metallic colors when you heat it differently and without like, I don't know, some shit on that. So she started oh. like mumbling like, blah, 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 and she oh. asked me to look into the ring. And then she <laughs> says that you have recently lost someone dear to you. And I started thinking, hmm, my grandma died like five years ago, but let's see where this goes. So, yeah, my grandma. Um, and then she said, like, your grandmother wants to reach to out to you from the grave. Uh, but that will be 20 euros. And like, okay, nope, thanks. That's it. If you leave this seance, you will be cursed. Okay, woman, thanks for that. <laughs> see ya. And I just stood up and left. So I don't know if I'm cursed or not, but uh, we're living in literally post-apocalyptic world of different scenarios. We just had like a a plague, uh, a virus, and a war. So I I don't remember if there was a game with both of those scenarios in one. It's either a world war or it's either a... A zombie apocalypse or a virus. Never both. So you're telling me, you're telling me for the cost of twenty dollars, we could have averted all this shit. Fuck you, Thomas. You could have gave her twenty euros. What's wrong with you? God damn. Hey man, I Holy had shit. different priorities at that evening. Those twenty dollars were meant for something. You'll never know what your grandmother had to say. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's go on to a little bit of media therapy here. We'll bring this thing home. Tadas, you're our guest. I know you said you've been watching a shit ton of news, but I hope you've had some time to play some games, watch some movies, at least something to clean the palate. Have you or no? Um, I did. I did, and it was very welcome. Uh, I wasn't really feeling games or movies or anything in terms of that this whole week, but the, uh, Sneaky Box, the company I'm working with, uh has organized like a movie session and that was way in advance before this uh, situation came up so th- they organized like uh, the uncharted movie uh, session for the whole company we oh, wanted yeah. to watch it so we oh. saw that on on Thursday this is it, 
Perfect, because yeah. I also watched the Uncharted movie yesterday. And oh, before you continue, I'm the, who, I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. And before you continue, I got to ask a question to both of you. Who's older? Voice actor and guest star of the Uncharted movie, Nolan North, or Paul Giamatti? Now, Tadis, if you don't know who Paul Giamatti is, you can look him up, but you can't look up Nolan North. <laughs> I know who's Nolan North because I literally looked him up right after the movie just because of the cameo. Great. Who, Paul what? So, Giamatti. Paul. John, you could you could take your guess. I don't I, I don't know what what Nolan North looks like, but I'm gonna guess that he's younger by like a year. But I I, I don't s- know. Is he the guy that that voices Nathan Drake in the game? Yes, and I'm gonna send okay, you a yeah, picture yeah. of him in okay. the movie, uh, okay, yeah. so you could see you could see what he looks like. There you go. That's him on the left. Next looks to like, uh, Tom Holland on the right. Let's see. It's loading. My internet is very bad here. He looks mm-hmm. digital. Looks fake. Looks digital. <laughs> it, it's the glow <laughs> well, he's, above. He's his a head. big voice actor, so yeah, it's just uh, he's not really a person. He's just uh, he's just a voice. It's just a disembodied. I'm still voice. gonna guess he's younger than Paul Giamatti. That neck suggests otherwise, but I'm gonna say he's younger than Paul Giamatti by wow. a year. Wow, you're shitting on his neck. Unbelievable. Yeah, his neck. It's, it's got a lot of. He's got, it's got old, a lot of history on there. It's got a lot of old. Saying he's got. It's got old man neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a mustache. Tadas, what do you say? I'd say Paul Giamatti is way older. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: Paul Giamatti is only three years older. <laughs> than Nolan North. Oh, damn. And that's why it's a fun game. So what do you think of Uncharted, <laughs> the movie? Uh, it's a fun watch. It's very light, let's say. You don't really need to think too much or like analyze. There's no deep meaning to any of it. They want the gold. They're looking for it. And surprise, surprise, eventually they'll find it. So a lot of special effects, a lot of shit blowing up. Uh, a lot of cool, like, imaginary things. Like, there's no way in this city that stuff could be right there and for nobody to notice all those years. There's just no way. But it's fun to look at it and it gives you a sense like, oh, my God, maybe my city has something like that and maybe I should go ex- and explore and maybe find some legends that would unlock, like, a secret entrance to something. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun watch. I I really enjoyed it. It was very welcoming in in that very specific period when you basically yeah the new cycle is the only thing you're into at that moment. Have you seen the National Treasure movies? National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. If you have to think about it, you have not seen them. <laughs> um, I may have uh, seen it long, long, long ago. I recommend I really you give those a watch because that is probably the ultimate. Oh, that's yeah. People would have figured. People would have figured this shit out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they would. Three hundred the years. They're the ones who stole the independence uh, declaration. Yeah, they, or, or yeah, exactly. They stole the Declaration of Independence, and uh, yeah, the second one's even more ridiculous than the first one. Um, but yeah, uh, those are very silly. I'm in agreement with Tadas. I, I, you know, John, you're you're saying of that. Uh, Happiness is as reality divided by expectations, right? Yeah. Or uh-huh. reversed, whatever that is. Point no, is, right. my yeah. 
my expectations were in the floor. We're at the floor for this movie. Like I expected nothing. You know, yeah. I go in, I had a blast with this movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I was yeah. like, yeah, all right. I'm convinced Tom Holland, Nathan Drake, whatever. Cool. And uh, I thought the the action choreography was excellent. Like the the agility that you would expect from Nathan Drake from the games is here with a lot of these parkour scenes. And uh, and yeah, it, it's just a good time. And that last sequence, which is spoiled in the trailers, I was so pissed off that that was spoiled in the trailers because I I was like, this is a really cool concept for a, for a uh, for an action set piece. It's really unique and it's awesome it's really 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 is, is, is cool. this the whole cargo coming out the back of the plane no that's like the first okay. thing you see in the movie this okay, is gotcha. um this ha- I'll, I'll just say it because it's in you the can, you can spoil right? it for me I'm, I'm, i probably won't watch this until it comes out on somewhere i can watch in my house so. yeah well it is a it, it's just a sequence it's in the trailers it's two um basically two old ships being carried by uh helicopters and like suspended in midair along like okay. this uh, this coast, and it is just really damn cool. Um, so it's I, I've only, yeah, I've only got one question for this movie: Is Tom Holland convincible as Nathan Drake? It's what's bothered me about watching this. He doesn't seem like it's to me. It seems like a miscast of just take the most popular guy and put him in this role. But prove me wrong. Yeah, for some reason, when I heard about this movie, I was thinking, hey, uh, Mark Wahlberg would fit in uh, the role of Nathan Drake. But he is in the role of uh, what was it? Uh, Sully. Yeah, Sully. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I think he has is a bit too young for Nathan Drake. Uh, I never played Uncharted games, but I did. I think watch a playthrough from start to finish because I think that game is dope. They're good games. Yeah, they're fun. They're good games. Yeah. Look, he's not. He's not the Nathan Drake. But he's a Nathan Drake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not offended by the fact that he's Nathan Drake. Because going into it, I'm like, oh, he's just going to be Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And then I'm looking at this. And I said, no, he's distinctly a different character than Spider-Man. He plays it a bit I, I, more mature. I hope the three, he's convincing I, I as hope, this. I hope by the third Uncharted movie, it's like the new, the third Spider-Man movie where it's him a digital video game version of Nathan Drake and like an alternate reality. So there's three of them. Yeah. <laughs> can just I go on adventures? Can I, can I just say how, how surprised I was, how many, like, well, I shouldn't say I'm surprised. It, this more speaks to how smart Sony is in putting Tom Holland in this movie, the amount of women in this theater. And I was oh, just sure. like, yeah, why? Absolutely. Why, why are there this many women seeing a movie about a, uh, a video game movie? And no, I'm like, they love oh, Tom, Holland. Tom Holland's Tom Holland's shirtless and wet for like 50% of this movie. And they're all about it. So yeah, that well, makes and, perfect and, sense. And, Great. And, and Antonio Banderas, like, come on now. Like, classic, I guess classic. he's, he's barely in the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry. He's just not the, the thing is it, this movie is shallow. It's nonsense. It's silly. It's stupid, but God damn it. I had a great time. Yeah. I'd watch this movie again, just like I'd watch National Treasure again. You know, it's stupid. I, it, this goes back to what we were talking about, the randomness of TV. If I was flipping through the channels, I saw this. I'm like, yeah, why not? I'd watch it again just for that last sequence with the two ships. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I recommend it. It's a, it's a solid seven go. out of 10. You know what? You know, that's what I'd, I'd say. say. That's all it takes. That's all yeah. I want. Like if it's entertaining, I, you don't have to be deep. Just give me my money's worth. So it seems like it gave you guys your money's worth. 
Yeah, this so. thing has. Well, I don't think it sounds like Todd didn't pay for it, but I did. <laughs> exactly. I paid a New York ticket price for <laughs> this kind of thing. Actually, I was planning to watch it anyway because oh, okay. I thought Fair. that was uh, a movie I would watch. Yeah, well, uh, it was it was fun. I did, this is like one of those things where I look at Rotten Tomatoes and see forty percent Rotten Tomatoes, which means only forty percent of people gave it a six or higher out of ten. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck you, curmudgeons. You know what? You gave Macbeth a universal praise. I would never watch Macbeth, but I'll watch this. Thanks. I'm having a good time watching this guy jump around and smash people with bottles and try using a lighter that doesn't work with the gag that's been repeated five times. Whatever. I'll take it. It's a fun movie. You know? Yeah. Goddamn uptight pieces of shit critics. You know what I'm saying? Tired of these damn elites. Yeah, John, absolutely. what about you? What have you been? What have you been watching? I've, I've not watched. You said you haven't been playing. Again, I've I, I've I, bought I, Horizon uh, for Ben West. It's in, still in the package that it came in, as in not even like the the package of the game. I've not looked at the actual cartridge. They could have sent me anything by now. I haven't looked at it. Um, but yeah, it's been another busy week at work. So my hope is to play Forbidden West at some point tonight, and then uh, have that to discuss next week. Cool. Yeah, I'm still playing. Um... Still playing Shin Megami Tensei Five. I think I'm close to 40 hours, maybe more, into this game. It's long. It's good, but it's long. I'm yeah. uh, ready for it to be over. But I've come this far. There's there's comes a certain point in most RPGs where I feel like you just they're like, yeah, it's a 70 hour game. It's like, why did you make it 70 hours? And then you realize at hour 50, it's like that last 20. It's like, well, I've already gotten this far. Let's just see the end of this thing. Yeah, grind so it I'm up, at that point. Yeah, I'm at I'm at that point in the game. I still like it though. It's a good game, and uh, and I've played a lot more of Horizon Forbidden West, and that game is very good. If that game looked like shit, nobody would care. Yeah, and probably. I mean that in that <laughs> this game does nothing original as far as its gameplay mechanics go, which is fine. That didn't happen in the original Horizon, so you know fighting these robot animals and shooting off their components and gathering resources, all these other things. That's, that's what the unique part is. Otherwise it's still checklist open world gameplay, but goddamn, is it still one of the most beautiful games I've ever played? The world is awesome. And man, this story gets zany and I'm all about it. So I still really like it. I'm having a great time. And my goal is to, what's that? That's, that's why we play games. I guess that's just to have fun. Is it like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like the next, I'm, my goal is to. I, there's no way, but I need to finish this thing as fast as possible because coming out next week, Shadow Warrior three. And I don't know if either of you have played Shadow Warrior one or two. No. But oh boy, <laughs> I am excited. I became a fan thanks to Game Pass. I played through Shadow Warrior one, Shadow Warrior two. It's borderline racist. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, just your type of but game. I will say, just my type of game. I like, yeah. I like my, I like my games. Just, just right on that edge of, uh, of yeah. Chinese racism. I mean, you play the main character's name is Lo Wang. Oh, <laughs> oh. So check that out. You know, uh, taught us play play more games. You know, try to try to try I'm to take a little to... break from the news. Yeah, I'm and trying don't... to finish the Dying Light 2 campaign oh, at okay. least, but uh, I think it's also like a just it doesn't do anything too new in terms of story, but it's just so fun just to run around on the top of the roof, just fly your uh, parachute and, and swing over the zip lines and try to get to the highest building. Why? Just because. Just 
do it. And it's just yeah. fun. It's just easy fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I would really like to finish that game at some point. Uh, I don't know if this weekend is enough, but I will continue to push on. Awesome. Good stuff. I hear good things about it. I hear this, the ending is bad, but the parkour part of it sounds awesome. I loved Mirror's Edge back in the day. So part of me is thinking I really yeah. should play a dying light game. So I'll, uh, check that out. Thanks for the recommendation. All right. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Tadas. Thank you very much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll have you back on if things get uh, if they worse. get better or worse. We'll get you back on. So hopefully, I'm hoping yeah. they get better, and then yeah. you can come back and say, "Hey, we came to a peaceful resolution. All is great. Come to Lithuania and eat this pink soup." Yeah, yeah. And we dumped and we dumped a bunch of pink soup on somebody like Gatorade at the end of a football game. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for imagery? Yeah. You're welcome. But yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for joining for, us, and uh, or or if you have some sort of Anytime. Yeah. If you have, if there's also some crazy shit coming out of Lithuania, you know, like, um, I don't know, there's drunk people in Lithuania. So oh, yeah, absolutely. surely, surely weird shit happens there all the time. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, I'm going to get this thing up as fast as possible. I apologize for putting the last episode up one week later. Last week got weird. Yeah. I'm going to put this thing up almost immediately. So that's it. Check it out. He's abroad.com. We got all the, uh, you can subscribe, all those other things. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us a review, preferably a good one. Uh, if you give us a five-star review, John will send you a dollar. Still, is that still on the table? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's still on the table. We are bribing people for five-star reviews. We don't know if we can do that, but we don't have enough listeners to make it a problem yet. And when it is, we'll stop. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> till next time, this podcast is over. Bye.